breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher joining us. Grayson, thanks for your time. Appreciate you talking hey, with morning, us. Though. Good morning. Public safety meeting yesterday. City Council held. Uh, I, I know the public was able to uh, express their concerns. Sum up the meeting. What uh, What did you think? Well, I thought it was an, an excellent meeting. Um, you know, I, and I said this yesterday, um, we disagree a lot, the council does, the seven of us do, on, on certain things as far as, you know, how to budget money, you know, how to run the city, things like that. But I think that we're all together whenever it comes to the prevention and uh, stopping the, the violent crime in the city's report. So it was a very productive meeting. Um, I think having open and candid meetings in the public about, situations that are going on in the city related to crime is is the way to go and uh yesterday seemed to be very productive and and i think we're starting uh you know starting something that that uh that may be able to help us along the way and i think scheduling another meeting to to um you know two weeks down the road to see what progress we made and to see where we are with the questions we were asking i think is uh is holding us a little bit more accountable questions you were asking like well, you know, one question, uh, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this downtown? Uh, can you work with the sheriff's office to bring them in? You know, we ask that question a lot, and all we get is, well, we're working. Well, we want to see some something produced. There's also something that's very interesting that we've recently found out about. Uh, there, there are certain uh, provisions in Louisiana state law that allow crime prevention districts. And so we've got a lot of information on that we're going to try to share, which would allow certain neighborhoods, if they would like to to become their own taxing body and start a crime prevention district within their own neighborhood. So there's some information that's going to be coming down the pike about that, which I'm, I'm very interested in, because I think that the, the gist of the meeting yesterday was we just don't feel like that there are enough officers on the street. And, and, and like we've said over and over again, there is a shortage of officers, but is there any way that we can help to supplement that by bringing in outside agencies, uh, by working closer with the Cattle Fair Sheriff's Department, the, uh, you know, Louisiana State Police, the City Marshal's Office. What can we do to get those a little bit more active in our neighborhood seeing more patrols? One of the issues is uh, the noise ordinance. And right. the mayor told us that they're in the process of rewriting the noise ordinance. Where What's the status on that? And how are they going to change it? Well, and, and that. You know, uh, there was a conversation had yesterday about that there is a state noise ordinance, um, which might be something that we could adopt. Uh, there's also a lot of talk about where the entertainment district is. You know, so I think having these ongoing public safety meetings and continuing to discuss these um, make them come to fruition a lot quicker than us just kicking the can down the road. Um, but yes, yeah, so there, there, there is talk about the ordinance, uh, for the noise downtown. I think that the, that the gist of what we were talking about as far as downtown is related. We have a real problem when it comes to, uh, people coming down there that are not patrons. 
Uh, they're, they're not people that are coming to downtown to spend money in these businesses, regardless if it's a black business or a white business. They're not coming down there to spend money. They're coming down there to party um, on, pu- on private property or public property in some cases. And what we need to do is get uh, some of these uh, parking lot owners and business owners where these people are congregating to, you know, let the city come in and take care of this. Um, you know, my comment was if you're down there and you're selling drugs, um, if you're selling food without a permit, uh, we can't have a festival that's unlicensed downtown on private property every weekend. But if you're having so, a if you're having a club playing music from an outdoor patio that you can hear, you know, three four blocks away, why do I need to pay to go in that club? Do we need to stop that loud music? Um, I mean, where does the business's right start and end? Right, exactly, and that's that's part of this noise ordinance. Um, I'm going to be very, very cautious about um, how we proceed with the noise ordinance because I, I do want people to be able to have fun. However, I don't want those people to be able to infringe on other people's rights going and coming for the clubs. I think that the biggest thing is, for me, we need, as a police department, whatever it takes, we need to get the mounted patrol back out there. I asked the chief, uh, do, do you have your... OSI people, which is your your special operations people out there, your narcotics people, do you have them on the streets on Saturday night, Friday and Saturday nights? And I'm not talking about at 8, 9 o'clock at night. I'm talking about in the wee hours of the morning when this stuff is going on. We need to bombard this and not to do anything about the people that that are legally doing what they're supposed to do inside these businesses. I'm talking about the people that are on the streets that are congregating that are causing the trouble. Now, if if the music on the rooftop or out speakers that are on the rooftop, whatever. If that's what the problem is, then we really need to nip that. Uh, another thing, even if that about, business owner is a friend of members of the council, absolutely, it doesn't matter. But Do you think the me, whole council feels like that? I can't talk. I can't speak for them. Uh, you know, I, I can't. All I know is the way I feel, and and I don't. I don't care what who the business owner is. If if your business is causing trouble in downtown Shreveport. Uh, then we need to, to to take measures to take care of that, and that's that's where I was going with that, Aaron. Another conversation that Chief said was was hours in downtown. You know, what time do we shut down? I was I was on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi uh, over the weekend uh, for a little quick trip down there, and um, those bars shut down at twelve o'clock. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying that's the route to go, but that's an option if we keep continuing to have these these kind of problems. Talking with City so, Council Member Grayson Butcher. Grayson, you mentioned a moment ago the entertainment district. Well, the entire downtown area is not an entertainment district. And I right. asked Liz Swain about this a while back. The entertainment district that we have is under the bridge, under the Texas Street Bridge, uh, going toward the riverfront. It, it hasn't seemed to take off. Uh, there are a few businesses still down there. Nothing seems to last. No restaurants. Uh, I know there are some now. But what can we do to to move those clubs and businesses and create a uh, you know a, a viable, vibrant entertainment district? Well, I think I think number one, the city needs to give up the control of those. You know, we own ninety nine point nine percent of those businesses, and uh, you know, anytime government's involved. It, it it doesn't move as smoothly as if 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 uh, private business were involved. We don't need to be in the club business or the real estate business. We need to start liquidating that. 
Uh, I've talked to Mayor Arsenault about that on numerous occasions. I've talked to other members of the council, uh, especially Gary Brooks. We need to be getting out of that business and letting a private business come in there and try to recruit bars and restaurants into that area. There are some very successful ones down there, by the way. Um, but we have a lot of real estate down there, a lot of square footage that's not being utilized. So, yes, and where some of this stuff is happening on Texas Street, that is not per se in the entertainment district. Grayson, so, can you uh, stay with us for another sure. segment? Because sure. uh, uh, I've heard this song and dance before. This ain't my first rodeo, and I want to talk to you about what's different now. Okay, sure. Grayson Butcher with Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 7. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher talking with us about yesterday's public safety meeting. Grayson, the, the, you know, year after year, decade after decade, we kind of go through the same song and dance. Crime spikes, let's do more to fight crime, let's protect our neighborhoods, let's put in more technology. What's different now? Do you feel there is a difference? You know, I don't know, Aaron. I, I I go over this in my mind a lot. Um, you know, we we meet, 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 and nothing ever gets done. And we pray and um, pray and pray. Yeah, yeah, and and nothing ever gets done. For some reason, to me though, um, with the mayor that we have now, um, it seems like things are going to get done. And maybe that's just wishful thinking. I, I don't know. Um, I do know that that people and the public are tired of it. Um, you know, I think that over the years, and I've been in Shreveport for, you know, I'm, I'm 52 years old. I've been here since I was 14. For, for years, certain areas of town have uh, just kind of buried their head in the sand and, and had the old opinion of, well, it's happening over there or it's happening over there. Well, now it's starting to happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's engaging a lot more of the citizens and, and making them want to see some changes. And I think realistically, if we don't if we don't make these changes sometime soon, we have a real possibility of losing our downtown. That's what Liz Swain said yesterday. Um, and our downtown is critical. And it's not just in Gary Brooks's district. Downtown affects and impacts every one of us, all seven of us. So we have to get something done downtown. Um, you know, you know, maybe in a new uh, noise ordinance, we say something where there's no vulgar music or no inciting of people on the street. If you, you know, if you're playing music, it, it has to be, uh, you know, it has to be PG. It has to be not, you know, we don't have DJs that are encouraging people to do stuff, um, you know, and the music has to be down. I think that there's all kinds of things that we can do, but it's going to have to realize, we're going to have to realize that we have a problem. And I think that's what maybe is a little bit different right now. I think we all realize we have a problem. Gary, I got a text from a friend of mine says, as a guy that owns a 16,000 square foot building one block away from several of the clubs, it's killing my property value. Non-party people are scared to come down there, so I either have to sell to a club at 50 cents on the dollar or ride it out and hope for a change. Well, and I think that's where we go back to the entertainment district. We're going to have to have a, a real tough conversation about you know, where where these lines are and what's allowed in certain areas. Um, I, I just don't know. Uh, you, you know, it's almost like the city of Shreveport, in, in my opinion, over the last 10 to 15 years has been on autopilot. 
and now we're starting to reap the fruits of that autopilot and things have been allowed to happen that probably shouldn't have happened a lot of it though goes from enforcement and having the officers down there i mean uh you know a, a business owner spoke to us yesterday about you know we always try to compare ourselves to, or, or some people try to compare us to bill street and and you know the french quarter and all that but I mean, you've been to the French Quarter, you've been to Bill Street, you know that every corner there's a cop. There's mm-hmm. a cop with a canine. There's there's mounted patrol. There's all that stuff going on. And, and luckily right now for the city of Shreveport, we're only looking at Friday and Saturday night. So if we could, you know, basically, which I pray that stays that way, uh, if we could really fund the police department and if we could really get the manpower down there and say, look, we're not going to allow you to cr- create uh, – to create this chaos, and we're not going to allow you to do these illegal activities. And I don't care if you're selling a, a turkey leg on the corner without a permit or if you're selling drugs. We're not going to allow it. Mm-hmm. Talking with Grayson Butcher. Sorry, I, I said Gary a moment ago. I don't. I know you insulted me, but that's okay. I'm sorry about that, <laughs> Grayson. I and I know better. You mentioned a moment ago uh, about prayer, and we know uh, the council chairman James Green called a prayer session in the foyer. Um, were all council members invited to this? We received a press release, uh, but no, we did not receive a phone. We didn't personally receive a phone call, but we received the same press release that everyone else did. Grayson, let me let me ask you this too, because th- there was a lot of mention yesterday of of more technology, more cameras, drones, etc. You know, you and I can look at each other in the eye, and we can we can admit we're broke. We do not have money for lots of extra things. How are we going to find the money to fund this? Are we going to possibly reach out to the parish to say, hey, guys, this is a problem for all of us. Let's come together. They, you know, they have piles of money, way more than Shreveport. How do we, how do we deal with it in terms of the money this is going to cost? Well, I think first off, we need a plan. And I think if we meet regularly as a public safety committee and start to draft that plan together and start working with partners in the area, like I said, the sheriff's office, city marshal, uh, the parish was also at the public safety meeting uh, yesterday. Um, if we start working with these other agencies and seeing what our weaknesses are, what our strengths are as agencies, uh, then we figure out how we're going to fund it. You're right. Um, I personally, and this is just me because maybe I'm old school, I think having a physical presence down there is much more important than having cameras and um and drones and things like that. I'm saying there's a place for that, but for the for the immediate need of what we're having in downtown Shreveport, I think it needs to be a presence of police officers. Um, but I think that you make a very valid point. We are broke, and um, we don't have a whole bunch of money to spend on things. And, and I do think that it's going to take a collaboration between the parish and the city to be able to stop this. And, and you're right, the parish does have a lot more money than we do. Grayson, when you you talk about presence uh, during police officers, when they go through the academy and training, there's a force continuum that is taught. If, if you're if a suspect approaches you with, you know, their fists, you can't pull out your gun and shoot them. You know, there's a there's an appropriate level of force, and in that continuum, the police officer presence is level one in the force continuum. Cameras are good for helping resolve an issue after the fact, but having those officers on site will help prevent things from happening. We've got to get our recruiting up. And, and that well, it's not Shreveport's issue any more than and across the country. I understand that. 
Well, I've had, I've had conversations with neighboring cities as well. And, um, it always goes back to, you know, um, if we get over there and we try to law, you know, we, we try to enforce the law, um, you know, we're going to be held at a, at a different standard because we're coming from somewhere outside of Shreveport, um, you know, is, um, it, it, it's just really difficult. Number one, I think in the industry to find people that want to work because of what's going on in the, in the industry and what's happening with policing as a whole. But in Shreveport, you know, our, our pay is low. We, we, we did do the 13% raise. Um, but, but that, that's peanuts to come out and put your life on the line. You know, that, that question, as far as recruiting goes, I don't know how we, um, how we increase our recruiting. And that is a problem, Mike. I mean, it really is, but I I don't have that answer. I just know in a vacuum what I feel like we need to be doing down there. Now we get from point A to point B. I think it's going to take a lot more discussion. Grayson Butcher, city councilman. Thanks for your time. Hey, Aaron, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Y'all have a good morning. Mm-hmm. You too, Grayson. 1017 FM 710. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I had another weird oh, no. dream. Oh no! I, Aaron, I, I, I told my wife. I said, I don't know if it's this is another kickback from the COVID fatigue. Mm-hmm. Or new medications, maybe? Yeah, I don't think so. No, I actually feel fine. Okay, I feel fine. I'm just like worn the slap out. Oh man. She she took the dog uh, walking, and uh, and she takes it like she. I mean, she goes in the car and takes it where it can go run in a field. Oh, absolutely, thing. yeah. Not mm-hmm. just on the hot sidewalk, burning its paws. So she said, you know, and this is like seven. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm I'm taking Sunny out. I said, okay, I I may be in bed when you get back. Right, yeah, right. You know, but um. I don't know. At some at some point that early this morning, again it was, you know, I have my my studio at Channel Three, mm-hmm. and I do voiceover work, right? And my dream was I was doing radio, you and I, okay. But then I was also on another morning show with a former radio wow like at the same at the same time you're like switching shows like i was going yeah i was was, like i was funner i'm sure i hope they don't find out (laughs) (laughs) that's bizarre it's just that is bizarre wow and then i called you by the wrong name (gasps) oh yeah and then when was your funeral Uh, yeah (laughs) which i did Uh, early on but i want to know if when we come back if if you find this in your house um does your house go on the bu- on the block quicker than mine <laughs> nah if it were my wife's decision oh for sale <laughs> we'll talk about that oh. next back with more of mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel i think i know what you're going to say because I heard the news. Oh my gosh. 
This is usually, you know, some other state, Nevada or California or New York. Uh Uh-uh. This is uh, Shreveport. Sunset Acres neighborhood. A woman gets up in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. to go to the potty. And I guess turns on the light in the bathroom to go on the potty. And she sees something in her toilet. She looks a little closer and it's moving. See, no, no. Then she looks a little closer. Does she turn the light on? Yeah, I think she did turn the light on. And she looks a little closer and it's a snake. It is in her toilet and he's just chilling in the water. Um, she obviously freaked the heck out. She had to call, you know, Steve Kennedy with the snake jewelry, the snake jewelry guy. No. Calls him in. Uh, you can see the video, keelnews.com, and he had to literally take her toilet apart. Oh, come on. To get the snake out. Because it was that big or it, it kept going well, down or what? I, yeah, it's not huge, a huge snake, but it kept going down and it would, it would dip its head back down into the pipes. And then it would come back up and peek. Back down, peak. I don't know. He he got called out at 1.30 in the morning to go rescue the ball python snake. And that's not a poisonous snake, right? I don't not know. Not poisonous and also not from this area. It was, well, a, yeah. it was a pet, I'm guessing. Somebody's pet got that away. That they probably just dumped someplace. Uh, yeah, or, or it escaped from a neighbor's house. I don't know. But... Just to watch the video <laughs> makes me cringe. And, I, you know, how much does a snake rescuer cost you at one thirty in the morning? And and who pays for the toilet? Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe he put it back together. I don't know. Can you put a toilet back together if you take it apart? I don't know. Well, if you just take uh, yeah, it depends. You can I look saw, at it. All the pictures are up, too. It's amazing. I saw a video of a snake coming out of the ceiling fan. <gasps> Ooh. Lord. Oh, hell no. Oh, Lord. Michael McCartney. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Kiel. Mike and McCarty. I've seen a little bit. Um, um, eh, this this whole Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. His is the deal blew up. Yeah, what happened? All it did was exposed how corrupt the prosecution was to begin with. Was he supposed to go in and enter a plea, a guilty plea to some things? He was supposed to enter a, a guilty plea to the minor minor tax charges okay and oh imagine that they're going to drop the gun charge and then and apparently according to uh jesse waters last night he was going to get like blanket immunity for the rest of his life for anything everything what and fortunately (laughs) yeah and fortunately this judge looked at this and she says wait well wait a minute no this is a little squirrely oh gosh 
We're going to give and you all immunity of this from- other stuff. Five million dollars from Burisma to him, and another five to his dad. Mm. I mean, he's selling access to the vice president of the then United States, and all they're going to do is get him on a minor tax charge. Mm. It, this just stinks like. And, and, and also, Aaron, I thought this was very interesting. They're getting very close. And even some, of, even some of the left, you know, MSNBC are like, this doesn't look good for Biden. They've got emails where he is involved. Oh, yeah. They've got, he knows, they've got recordings of him talking to these business people with Hunter. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, there's UFOs. Look. We have UFOs. Everybody, look over here. We have UFO. We have bodies. We have we have You're so biologics. Right. Oh my gosh! The government's now releasing. You think that's a coincidence? Mm. I, maybe I'm just cynical in my old age. I saw they were having some UFO hearings. Yeah. And I, now, yeah. now the government's focusing on UFO hearings. Mm. We have UFOs. We have. We have bodies. We have <laughs> look at this video. Yeah, these pilots, these these military pilots have seen this. They've recorded this. Look at this. Everybody, everybody, come focus on this. Uh, Which everybody's fascinated by the UFOs, right? And now they have actual biologics, non-human. I was talking to somebody yesterday <laughs> about Just. government and how I don't know if you watch House of Cards at all. But I mean, that's that. Now Kevin Spacey is found not guilty and wants to go back um, to acting. But how corrupt uh, government is, and and we're scared. Now we were talking about that might actually how it be how it is. Right. Uh, that, uh, yeah. That, it's that dastardly and that criminal. I watched it and when it first came uh, out for a few episodes. I just couldn't. I just yeah. yeah I just couldn't. I haven't seen it. In but years. it looks corrupt, and now I'm wondering: is it really kind of truth? How long is the heat going to hang on? We'll talk with Richard Llewellyn from the Weather Channel after the news. Mike and McCarthy. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Our very own meteorologist, Richard Llewellyn from the Weather Channel. Richard, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning, guys. How are you all this morning? I'm looking at uh, the Weather Channel website. I I see like five straight days of triple digits coming up. And no, I I don't see any significant rainfall going into the middle of August. When are we going to get some relief? (laughs) Probably no time soon, the way things are looking right now. This uh, ridge has been persistent, and it's going to continue to stick with us here. I mean, we would probably go most of the month of August without seeing much in the way of any form of rain shower activity. In fact, we're getting ready to run into the dry season for us here in Shreveport, so it looks like chances for rain are pretty much nearly non-existent. In fact, I'm looking at the actual percentage amount, and it's like... Uh, numbers are less than 10% pretty much all the way out through the next seven days. And it looks like we're finally going to uh, go into some consecutive days 
where we see triple-digit heat that's going to continue to stick with us. That'll start on Saturday and will probably continue through the middle part of next week where we'll see temperatures ranging anywhere between 100 and 104 for afternoon highs. Heat index values will range anywhere between 106 and 112, and nighttime lows not cooling off much at night. They're going to be in the 70s here uh, starting uh, probably – well probably on for the foreseeable future, the way things are looking right now. In fact, we could probably go all the way through the month of August with lows not dropping below 70 degrees at night at all. Richard, the, how does this heat, because we had 100-degree temps back in June, I believe. How does this summer heat compare to previous summer heats? Well, I was looking, I crunched the numbers, you know, to see where we where we stand so far this year. And so far, we've had 61 days above 90 degrees, and we've had three days where we've had temperatures above 100 degrees in Shreveport. The uh, last one uh, being, or our warmest day so far this year, was 101 degrees. That was on July 19th. So, you know, we are getting ready to run into probably one of our longest spells where we're going to look at temperatures that are going to easily exceed 100 degrees. In fact, I was looking at the averages for Shreveport, kind of get an idea of where we are on average, we get 87 days where we're above 90 degrees. 32 of those are above 95, and we only average about six days where temperatures are above 100 degrees. So we've had three. Mm. We see at least seven coming up in the in the long-range forecast. So we're going to be probably at 10 when this is all said and done. And, and we still have, you know, the bulk of the heat to go for the summer our hottest day in Shreveport is not until August 13th, and our hot season runs all the way through September the 22nd, where we'll see temperatures on average running above 85 degrees. So we still have a long way to go before we'll finally break out of this, uh, you know, out of these days where we're just stuck in the 90s, and you know, and it, and, it, and it could be a long time before we actually see that. At least another six to eight weeks to go before that actually happens. I've heard like an extremely hot summer. It means we're going to have a really cold winter. Is there any truth to that? Can you? Not really. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, you know, it all depends on exactly how the weather patterns are playing out across the nation are going to depend on exactly what type of winter we're going to see. In fact, I was looking over the data to, you know, to give, you know, to give you guys a little bit of hope in regards to when, you know, we see our, first freeze in Shreveport and that's in November, November 15th. So, you know, you know, start thinking about, you know, the holidays and the cooler temperatures then, because, you know, that's one on averages when we average, we see our first freeze. We've had it freezes in Shreveport as early as the 20th of October. So, you know, it can happen that we get an early, you know, an early cold. So he's he's saying Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a long way. It's a long way to go when you're basically, (laughs) when we have just basically, are just not haven't even crested the top of the hill yet in regards to where we are in heat. Richard, and, uh, we, we, Richard let, me, let me ask you this, because we had a week or two ago, we had what was billed as an excessive heat warning, and maybe we didn't even get a temp to 100, but we got those heat indexes. What's the difference between what you guys call an excessive heat warning and a heat advisory. I know you can boil it down where the the general dummies like me can uh, can understand nope, it. Boil it down. Yeah. No oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a heat advisory is issued when uh, when the heat index values are going to be over 105 degrees. So between 105 and 109 is usually the threshold for a heat advisory. An excessive heat warning is usually issued when those 
heat advisories exceed 110, could go as high as 120 in some locations. And believe it or not, even today across the nation, you know, we have 20 states that are dealing with some form of heat advisory or excessive heat warning that runs from Texas to the Dakotas and all the way to the eastern seaboard. And even places like Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and New York are not going to escape the heat today. In fact, uh, there's excessive heat warnings up in Washington, D.C. Heat index values 107 to 112. They have a chance to see some strong thunderstorms in there this afternoon and then again on Saturday. And then New York and Philadelphia, we're looking at their heat advisories. The criteria is a little bit less in the Northeast in regards to where they put their threshold for heat advisory. It has to be over 100. So Philadelphia and New York, the dangerous heat starts to come in there where temperatures above 100 degrees. There are a lot of of folks up north who have a lot of air conditioning, especially in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about these type of temperatures, the heat becomes a real issue, especially for those who don't have AC. And and the heat is going to be a major problem all the way into the Northeast, and that's going to linger into the weekend. It's not a myth, though, Richard, that the, the heat that we experience here in the South, because of our humidity, it's a different animal, right? It's definitely a different animal in regards to the heat that they experience out west, especially like if you're talking about, you know, West Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. The heat's a lot drier, you know, a lot drier heat. But even that could be, you know, can be kind of a false sense of security for some folks. You know, we we heard the story over the weekend where people out in Death Valley had to go out and experience that extreme 130-degree heat that they felt in Death Valley over the weekend. And two people lost their lives as a result of that because they didn't take the precautions to try to stay hydrated and they just got overheated and they, and they, uh, they succumbed to the heat. And that happens from time to time out there. Temperatures in Phoenix this year, it's been a long, it's been a long hot summer already out there in the Southwest where we've seen day after day after day of temperatures over 110 and in some instances above 120 degrees you know, for days on end, and you know, we're still haven't even got to the peak of the heat out there yet. So a long, still a long, hot summer to go out west, just like it's going to be a long, hot summer here as well. Well, we're going to look forward to Thanksgiving. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank we, always look, we, we always look forward to the cooler temperatures and give those uh, uh, electric bills a little bit of a break. Yeah. Richard, Richard- thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Richard Llewelling with the Weather Channel. 1017 FM, 710 Q. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 my Our mother-in-law, years ago, when, when my mother-in-law was alive, she had called and said, I think I just did something stupid. Oh, no. Somebody had called her saying oh. they were... You know, with the sheriff's department, oh, and they no. need her social security number. Blah blah. And, and people, there, there's there's one now, and with the technology and AI and all of this mm-hmm. that's going on, uh, a guy posted. He says, "I got a call from a 304 area code, thinking it was a friend of mine." I answered. He says, "But it was a man saying, hey, 'Hey, I'm with customer service. Can you hear me?'" Hmm. And the, and the guy posting says, I remembered I saw something on Facebook saying people are calling, asking, can you hear me? Because they want you to say yes. They're recording oh. that yes. 
in which they can now use that yes to make you, you know, is uh, a way to sign you up for all kinds of stuff. Oh, my god! Oh, here they are. They said yes. I asked them if they do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when, wow. the, when the person said, can you hear me? <laughs> he goes, I can hear you. No, no. I, I, I just, you. can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Thank you for that. I, I just did not need a know. yes or no. I, I hear you. I can hear you. They hung up. Wow, what a scam. Isn't that incredible? Because then they could use your information and your number, and they could say, we're signing you up for Apple, blah, blah, blah. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. And there's your voice. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's getting bad. So People spend so much effort in ripping people off. Mm -hmm. Just, gosh, put that into doing something good. Right, right. Mm, that's scary. And I worry about elderly people who oh. don't keep up with things like this. Yes. God, I remember my mom calling me one day and saying, are your boys okay? And I said, what do you oh, mean? Oh, yeah. said, well, one of your sons just called me and said he needed money to bail out of jail. And I said, mama, my sons are not in jail. They're fine. Let me double check and I'll call you back. <laughs> just right. in case. Let me make sure. <laughs> So I got in touch, and they were both fine. I said, Mama, you are being scammed. Don't send them a dime. And now with AI recordings, people get her voice. Like you and I and Ray oh, Ruby, anybody. There's enough of you and I out there where they can, you know, call my mom with my voice. Just like that. Hey, Mom, I need I need $500. There you, you go. Know. They just got I it. I just got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mom, it's not me. Disregard. <laughs> But with the AI technology now, they can actually creak to make you say anything. It's scary, crazy scary. And people are calling elderly people mm-hmm. with, with the AI voices. Hey, Grandma, you know. Well, we all remember the Adrian Perkins commercial. I need a job. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know, think about amazing. that. Amazing. Amazing how they're doing it. And we laughed at the time because it was funny, but then it's scary it's as hell. It's very scary. So if somebody calls and says, hey, I'm with customer service, can you hear me? Don't say yes. Do not reply yes. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, if, if a number comes up on my phone, I don't know. I don't answer it anyway. I hit the button. Can I call you back? You know, you have those instant message return things. Okay. Call you back. Yeah. Never answer. 99% of the time, they don't leave a message. No, they don't. And sometimes with the, and now it says spam risk. Yes. And I, so I love that. Exactly. I'm getting some local numbers that come up as potential oh, spam. with my prefix on 318, it. 318, yeah. They, they, they clone numbers. Oh, it's watch scary. Out. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Local news next, 1017 FM. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. We were talking earlier about the lady that found the snake <sighs> in her toity. Yeah. In Shreveport. Oh, yeah. Sunset Acres. <sighs> Do you... House I, for sale, I've Sunset Acres. <laughs> I've heard of that before. Oh. It's, it, it, I, I remember uh, up at Channel 3, this is 20 years ago, uh, one of the guys was talking and 
he said, the Australia. Mm-hmm. He goes, I would never live in Australia. He goes, they have the worst of everything, the most dangerous of everything, mm-hmm. the most dangerous spiders, wow. the the most dangerous snakes, the, oh. you know, the most dangerous. He goes, I just wouldn't go to Australia. No. So of, of all the things, of all the horrible, dangerous things they have over there and scarier versions of things, somehow Australia has a cute that what they call a possum is very very cute it it looks like a it looks like a teddy bear almost it's, is it the koala no 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 they call it a possum it's a, oh, it's, okay. a, it's a it's a possum over in australia that, that's like <laughs> oh that's a possum and you look at it like you know Compared to our possum, somehow they got a cuter and gentler animal than us. <laughs> there ain't nothing cute about a possum. Oh, now hush! That I love is the possum. ugliest animal on or on the face no, of the not. earth. Not, not, not the ugliest. They're, they're up there. And possums are opossums uh, are very beneficial, by the way. Are they? Very. If you see one around your house, don't trap it and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. They're eating ticks. They're eating fleas. They're eating garbage, bugs, and grubs. And oh yeah, they're very beneficial. No, and when they learn harmful. to take the lids off of garbage cans, they gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> and they've learned it. My wife has a, a can of bird feed in a in a. She put a. We bought a pla a, a metal one of those old fashioned metal garbage cans mm-hmm. with the lid. The squirrels have chewed the top of the shed. Go in that door, mm-hmm. pull the top off. Yeah. Now squirrels, I can. I no. Mm-mm. I got no use for the tree rats. We had to put a concrete block on the top of the garbage can. <laughs> To keep the possums out. And the raccoon and the raccoons. I think they party together late at night. I think the possums and raccoons go, Come on, boys, let's go have a party. I know where some good garbage is. She loves watermelon over here. Let's go. That video though of the snake coming out of the guy's ceiling fan. Uh, you know what you know they have the little cover that goes up to cover the hole where uh, the fan goes into the ceiling? Uh, he was pushing that cover down mm. and and coiling down the 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 uh, little pole. No. And then it hits the blades. Uh, and it slings it right on the guy's lap. <laughs> house for sale. As he's sitting there filming it. Go go see, by the way, the video of the snake in the Sunset Acres uh, toilet. It's at keelnews.com. Oh, boy. What what's up? Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, I want to stand up and applaud the Louisiana Pardon Board today. Mm-hmm. Returned the clemency applications for the 56 death row inmates that applied for clemency while Edwards was still in office. You know, this uh, Louisiana Capital Appeals Project, Cecilia Capel, said, okay, Edwards is going out. He's already said he hates the death penalty, you know. I'm going to file all of these applications, mm-hmm. hoping he'll he'll grant clemency before he leaves office. <sighs> but the it, it's not how it works. Can he do it without the pardon board? Rules say the pardon board can consider clemency petitions, and I'm reading this from the uh, LRN. 
from death row inmates if the application was made within one year of their final appeal or if an execution date is approaching. You can't just willy-nilly submit 56 applications. Okay. But can the governor bypass them? No. Said he the, cannot. It, it, according to this article, it, the governor is even powerless to do anything in this situation. Mm, wow. Okay. So he can't just uh, uh, apparently carte blanche grant grant clemency. But he can grant pardons and just let you out of jail. He's not going to let convicted killers out of jail. Well, no, you say that. I certainly hope not. Yeah. Would you put anything past him? I hope not. I, ho- I hope that doesn't happen. You know, and, and they're not going to be able to speed up the process to get any of, any of these done in time for him to act on them. No, they Correct? said... Right. Because they have to follow the rules. Uh, the uh, Lampert said it doesn't mean they can't ever have a clemency or reprieve, reprieve, reprieve hearing. But in order to do it, they either need to follow the rules... Or the rules have to be changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I think he's not going to be able to handle them. I don't think he will be. Yeah. They should have filed them a year ago is the deal. Should have filed them a year ago, got them on the schedule. Oh, well, but the, if there's 56 different ones and each of their dates are different, it has to be within the, a year of their last yeah, appeals. You know, appeal. Right. So Or death date, which we haven't had in Louisiana in how long? Uh, a long 13 time. 13 years now? It's been a minute. Yeah, absolutely. It's ridiculous. And DAs have been getting, I've heard from sheriffs who say they were given, you know, 30 days to answer the, the clemency request for the, from the pardon board. Now I think that's all going to be a, a moot point. We'll have to watch. We're going to watch it. Well, that's for sure. Kudos. Kudos mm. to the pardon board. For- yeah. Definitely. Standing up and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 101.7. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. I heard a comedian one time talking about his teacher because he, he had a calculator and he was trying to do it like a math test with a calculator. Yeah. And he said, the teacher goes, look, Tommy. You're not going to always have a calculator with you all the time. <laughs> and he's on stage and he holds up his iPhone. It uh, goes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. What, what, you know, I'm looking at back to school lists, like back to school supplies. Mm-hmm. And it's the things that, that we had, the protractor. Yeah. And a, a ruler. Ruben, it, we were talking about getting, you know. There's a ruler. I never used a ruler in yeah. school. They always asked you Got to hit, hit one. with them, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. that's what they were for. Because <laughs> I, w- so. I would only use them once, and usually it was for like an art thing where I was just using it to make a straight, a straight line. edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. and remember, yeah. rulers used to have that little metal strip embedded oh, yeah. in the side. Like it was like a, a little now. razor blade. Yeah, <laughs> can't use that now. I'm wondering, too, like things like, remember when we were kids, I used to love those trapper keepers, you know, that you'd you'd have your loose leaf paper in and it was flat and it would fold over and and close and adhere and you'd have all your loose leaf paper in there and you'd have have dividers. Really? You never had a trapper keeper? (laughs) No, I don't know what that is. Wow. You were a neglected child, weren't you? Probably. A, b- a binder, maybe? Did you call kind it a binder? Kind of like a binder. Oh, okay. Like a loose yeah. leaf yeah. binder? Yeah. Binder? Well, this was a fancy binder well, for see, kids whose poor. parents love them. <laughs> <laughs> 
My mom was working hard just uh, to... I know, I know, I know. I had, I had a two-parent household all my life, so, yeah, and you did not. blessed. I was did blessed. Not. But I, I don't even know, do they still need glue sticks? Remember the Elmer's glue? glue? No, glue sticks. We had glue. Yeah, you used to eat it, didn't you? You no, were one of the I kids. Didn't eat it, but we would take it and put it in the palm of your hand. Yes. And look, peel it off. Look, I'm peeling. I'm, I'm peeling. peeling. We wasted a lot of glue. There was always a kid who would eat the glue. There was always a kid in class who would try to eat the glue. No, never ate It was ate always glue. like Jim never Bob. Jim Bob, own, don't eat the glue. Never yeah, ate my own boogers. <laughs> Thank Never you. ate crayons. Oh, man. Do they need crayons anymore? I mean, I, I got one graduated and one's about to be a junior in high school. I haven't had to buy crayons <laughs> in a long time. Okay. What's your biggest back-to-school expense then? Oh, yeah. Uh, my, my mom takes care of the kids' back-to-school stuff. Oh, love you, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. It's about to be a new truck is what it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just got his drum line. I guess to close, a big debate is uh, uniforms or not uniforms. I don't fall on either side. It doesn't matter to me. A lot of parents love uniforms. Others I, say I'm no. I'm sure it makes things much, much simpler. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to look at the kid and go, you don't match today or you're not wearing that today. It's easier for moms and dads, that's for sure. Um, probably it's cheaper, too. Uniforms are probably way cheaper. I would imagine. I don't know. Eric England, he's the director of the port in Shreveport, Bossier, uh, is going to join us coming up after the local news, talking about a new service road to connect the unfinished I-49. Mike and McCarthy. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. We have uh Cato Bozier Port Director Eric England joining us. Eric, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. We're, we're doing well. This is kind of interesting. Uh there's a proposition or you guys are doing studies to do a like a, a service road that will connect the port of Cattobosier to I-49. Where where are we on that project? We're well underway on a project we've been working on for several years. Uh, many in the community know about the Interstate 69 project and how they've reached a record of decision for that segment going through our area. But there's also a service road within that area. And so while I-69 is a multi-billion dollar project, we looked at a project that was measured in the millions of dollars that could be achieved in a matter of just a few years. And that's the I-69 service road that today is going to connect the port of Cattobosier, more specifically to I-49 at Louisiana 3276, an existing Louisiana highway. So we're going to use some existing right-of-way uh, near Highway 1 and near I-49 to help keep the project at a minimal cost and, and not, you know, get out of sight. That's the Stonewall the Frierson exit, is that right? That's the Stonewall Frierson for those. There's a car dealership there just right. to relate it to everybody. So imagine a 10-mile route connecting the port to I-49 there and alleviating, you know, alleviating traffic of, Burtunes and Florida Lucas Road that folks use today. I mean, some 50,000 truck loads a year coming in. So that's like 100,000 truck trips a minimum coming in and out of the port. Now, not all of them are going to use it, but it'll certainly help. We know that the, the 
and the ground transportation community will love this direct shot to get to an interstate. Some of these trucks, Eric, they can't use Flournoy Lucas, correct? Because they may be carrying hazardous materials and it's not allowed. Is right. that true? That's, oh, yeah, that's right. And now, when you say hazardous, let's just make it where everybody understands oil, for example, oil products that go to the area refineries. That's hazardous. There's no, like, what I would consider, you know, nuclear waste or anything that when we say hazardous, that tends to you know, give folks a little uneasy. Right. Mainly it's oil products, petrochemical products. But, yeah, you can't you can't transport those on Florida Lucas Road, which is that, – that's just what – the situation is, that's fine. They take cartoons now. They have ever since the port's been op- in operation. But the service road will allow that. And we'll, we'll be able to bypass that traffic onto the service road and get them to I-49 sooner. Talking with Eric England, uh, Director, Port Caddo Bossier. Eric, I don't think a lot of people even realize the importance and the value of the port to our community. That was uh, It was allowed to be established after the dredging of the Red River. And uh, tell us about, like, you know, the number of jobs that you provide through the port and the companies that are that are involved in that in your area there. Real simply, our investment measures in the billions when you take into account the public and private. The citizens have invested in the port since 1993. And when I say the citizens, I mean all the citizens of Caddo and Bossier parishes and their investment has return just in our public investment at the port some $300 million. So we parlayed that $300 million into billions of dollars every day where 2,000-plus people show up for work at a minimum. That doesn't include all the indirect jobs, the four-to-one indirect jobs. So another 8,000 indirect jobs as a result of the 2,000 direct employees at the Caddo-Bosier port. The the service road project connecting the port to i-49 um what is the cost of that and how is that going to be funded pre-covid our numbers we we had raised 100 percent of the money locally uh bozier city caddo parish Desoto parish the port and Elcog. it was in the 32 million dollar range with the state providing half of that through federal funds so it was a 30 and a half million dollar project before COVID. We don't know the exact dollar amount right now because we're out for proposals to for the engineering work so that we can get the exact dollar amount. I anticipate we're in-house figuring double with what we've seen in terms of construction price. So it'll be in the 60 plus million dollar range. Does this follow the route that Stonewall Frierson Road, whatever the road is called, I forget. Does does the road exist all the way to the port or nearly to the, how much of it will actually be completely new construction? Yeah. So think about it like this. For those that know the area of the LSU Pecan Research Station, that's mm-hmm. Robson Road. Yeah. about mm-hmm. where it intersects mm-hmm. Highway 1. Mm-hmm. Robson Road, let's just call it to about Ellaby Road, will be the footprint for the road between Highway 1 and Ellaby Road. And then LA 3276, uh, only for a portion. You know, it, And then so the area in between those two roadway segments I just said will be new construction. Talking with Eric England, Catabozier Port. Eric, um, will there be any homes or anybody displaced through the construction of this? That's that's part of this process that we are going out for, for bids right now. Is we're going out for bids for the engineers to 
to hire so that they can tell us those details and facts. Mm-hmm. What is in the proposed path? Does the path need to be, for example, as a result of that study, we'll begin to examine alignments and do those alignments need to shift a few hundred feet this way, a few hundred feet that way to avoid a business or a home or, or those types of things. Those details will be flushed out as a result of that professional report that we get back. Now, I don't expect to see anything of I-69 in my lifetime. I mean, I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just, that's a, that's a ways away. When do you expect or hope to have this, uh, this 10-mile stretch of road completed? Yeah, we're measuring it in years, not decades, like interstate systems are measured. We, this is a realistic project. It's one that's necessary. I'm measuring it in years. In fact, we have staff on, on the port staff who are dedicated just to this project to push it as quickly as possible. I see this road as kind of cool, too, for the folks that live maybe in South Bossier. If you're coming back from South Louisiana, you you jump on this road, get on the, um, go up the, the um, East Kings, and then hop over the Jimmy Davis Bridge. A big shortcut for them, too, right? And it is a big shortcut. You're correct. And if the, the toll bridge is built, it could be even shorter. Great news. And more jobs coming to the port, likely as a result of this road and, and everything else you're doing out there, right? No doubt. We've purchased 2,000 additional acres in the last few years within or, or in the area of this I-69 service road. I had a prospect in our office yesterday that represents a $350 million capital investment, 650 employees. It's a good who, time. Who? I know you yes, can tell us yes. who, right? I'd love to tell you if I could, but there are lots of them, Aaron. It's amazing how much, how much activity there is. But if the port if the port completes what we spent the past few decades doing in in terms of taking raw land and making it shovel shovel ready greenfield sites, we're just repeating the model. We we joke around and say it's like the back of a shampoo bottle. We're just rinsing and repeating this this two thousand acres that we purchased is almost identical to the last 2,000 acres that we developed. And we know that if you invest, like the citizens have invested in this port, you buy the land, you install the water, the sewer, the electricity, the natural gas, the roads, the railroad, the tenants will come. The, the prospects will be in your office wanting your land. And that's the way, that, that's it's evidence and it's proven for us. Eric England, Catabosier Port, thank you so much for your time this morning. Congratulations. It's exciting news. Thank you for working with us. We Thanks. appreciate you message. You bet. Bye-bye. 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Who are you pulling rank on me? Don't you know I'm the man? You're the man, but I'm the woman. <laughs> Isn't the woman always in control? Who runs your house? I saw a little old man said he'd been married 60 years. And the lady asked, what's the secret? He said, two words. Yes, dear. Yeah. Yes, dear. Oh, absolutely. Well, Bill Cosby had a line uh, before we found out who Bill Cosby was. um, That was, he says, I've seen the boss's job. I don't want it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm a little bit struggling with tonight because I'm going to be in the pool with some youngsters and while at the same time, there's a really cool forum going on at the YMCA. 
Yes, it my is wife ha- told me about that yesterday. You need to be there. It's 5.30 tonight. The mayor's going to be there. The sheriff, uh, police chief, Clay Walker's going to be there. He's from uh, Caddo Parish. They're going to be talking about, you know, any new ideas, any innovative ideas you have about crime. And I think it's from 5.30 to 7. Um, here's my problem. I get out of the pool over there at about 6. Do I wander in there in my bathing suit? Yeah, going How to be y'all there. doing? Look at me. I'm a, I'm a oh, wet. Throw a wrap around and come uh, on. Throw a wrap on and come on in there. Yeah. I, I think I might. My hair will probably still be wet. But I want to see. I want to hear and see what's going on. But it's open to the public. It's free. You don't have to be a member of the Y. You can come. It starts again at 530 tonight. And it lasts until 7. And they're going to have a pretty packed house. And bring your ideas. I mean, nothing is too stupid. If you think, have we ever tried this? Bring it. Let them hear it. Let them, you know, see if your proposal is a good idea. Because we're at the point now in our community where we need to do things we've not tried before. Because as you and I know, Mike, we've heard this song and dance over and over and over again. We've got to fight crime. We have a spike in crime. What are we going to do? We're going to have a prayer rally. We're going to have more police officers. We're going to, you know, and, and we're back at it again. And so tonight, maybe we'll hear some things that are innovative and I'm hoping. So, again, 5.30 tonight at the Y right there in Knight Street in Preston. And it's open to the public. You're invited. So but you almost go, what can you do? You can't. What, exactly. You, you know, seriously, what can you do? You're not going to prevent these idiots from driving down streets and firing mm-hmm. out of their cars. But you did you see the police presence on the interstate again yesterday? Oh, no, and they were gone by the time I left. They were out there again yesterday. And I think what they're doing is they're having these monster police presences in the middle of the day on the interstate because they're looking for guns. They're looking for people driving around that may be speeding. you got a reason to pull them over if they're speeding. Ah, and then you can you see if they've got guns. Because there were 10, 12 units oh, the other day. Oh, it was busy yesterday and again. There were, yeah, and there were multiple felon arrests. Mm-hmm, and they may have had more arrests yesterday. We'll have to check in with the SPD and see. But they were pulling them over right and left. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. 1017 FM 710 Q. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Earlier this morning, we were talking about school supplies. Okay. And you mentioned the, the what's it called? Trapper keeper? Yes. A trapper keeper. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a trapper keeper. I just think you were neglected. We got to... Don't say that. My mom <laughs> listens. She we, didn't know about them. We got a, we got a, I don't know. Yeah, well, anyway, we got, somebody posted a picture of one on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. I'm going to get you one for your birthday. Okay, I don't understand. What's a trapper? Uh, it, it's to trap all your stuff inside it. Okay, then it's, then it's, then what's a keeper? It's to keep it all in there. Well, then it's either a trapper or a keeper. No, it's double, a double powerful. means that's keeping your trappers. Right. No, no, no. You, you, you trap it. In in the trapper keeper, and then you keep it in the trapper keeper. Yes, that's the dumbest <laughs> explanation of anything I've ever heard in my whole life. He's got trapper keeper envy, doesn't he? It's it's a, all it all it is for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. It's just a binder with a Velcro lid on it. That's it. Yeah, it just folds over and it doesn't and seals o- it doesn't it. open up when you carry it. So around. stuff can't fall out of one side of it. Yeah. You know, it won't dump out of the side of it like a regular three-ring binder. So it traps it. 
are we going to get paid for doing this on the radio know, right? today? I don't think they make Is trapper me, keepers me? anymore. I can't find a trapper keeper for Mike's birthday. I don't know if they have one. I, I, don't I, get I, I haven't seen one in a long time. <laughs> you need a trapper keeper. <laughs> Your parents didn't get you a trapper keeper. You oh, poor yeah, it's child. A, it's a mead. I bet you can go to Office Depot or whatever. It looks like it's still mead trapper keeper. It was the best. And if you got a design, like you got a Barbie design on, I could find you a Barbie trapper oh, keeper. Wow. Oh, yeah. Please do. I think you would love it. <laughs> okay, I'll get Ken for you, okay? <laughs> no, not even that. Not even G.I. Joe. Thank you. Richard Llewelling with the Weather Channel is going to let us know how long this heat's hanging on. Coming up next, Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Our very own meteorologist, Richard Llewellyn from the Weather Channel. Richard, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning, guys. How are you all this morning? I'm looking at uh, the Weather Channel website. I, I see like five straight days of triple digits coming up. And no, I, I don't see any significant rainfall going into the middle of August. When are we going to get some relief? <laughs> probably no time soon the way things are looking right now this uh, ridge has been persistent and it's going to continue to stick with us here i mean we would probably go most of the month of august without seeing much in the way of any form of rain shower activity in fact we're getting ready to run into the dry season for us here in shreveport so it looks like chances for rain are pretty much nearly non-existent in fact i'm looking at the actual percentage amount and it's like uh, numbers are less than 10% pretty much all the way out through the next seven days. And it looks like we're finally going to uh, go into some consecutive days where we see triple-digit heat that's going to continue to stick with us. That'll start on Saturday, and we'll probably continue through the middle part of next week where we'll see temperatures ranging anywhere between 100 and 104 for afternoon highs. Heat index values will range anywhere between 106 and 112, and nighttime lows not cooling off much at night. They're going to be in the 70s here uh, starting uh, probably, well, probably on for the foreseeable future, the way things are looking right now. In fact, we could probably go all the way through the month of August with lows not dropping below 70 degrees at night at all. Richard, the, how does this heat, because we had 100-degree temps back in June, I believe. How does this summer heat compare to previous summer heats? Well, I was looking, I crunched the numbers, you know, to see where we where we stand so far this year. And so far, we've had... 61 days above 90 degrees and we've had three days where we've had temperatures above 100 degrees in Shreveport the uh, last one uh, being or our warmest day so far this year was 101 degrees that was on July 19th so you know we are getting ready to run into probably one of our longest spells where we're going to look at temperatures that are going to easily exceed 100 degrees in fact I was looking at the averages for Shreveport kind of get an idea of where we are on average, we get 87 days where we're above 90 degrees. 32 of those are above 95, and we only average about six days where temperatures are above 100 degrees. So we've had three. Mm. We see at least seven coming up in the in the long-range forecast. So we're going to be probably at 10 when this is all said and done. And, and we still have, you know, the bulk of the heat to go for the summer our hottest day in Shreveport is not until August 13th, and our hot season runs all the way through September the 22nd, where we'll see temperatures 
on average running above 85 degrees. So we still have a long way to go before we'll finally break out of this, uh, you know, out of these days where we're just stuck in the 90s. And, you know, and it, and, it, and it could be a long time before we actually see that, at least another six to eight weeks to go before that actually happens. I've heard like an extremely hot summer it means we're going to have a really cold winter. Is there any truth to that? Can you? Not really. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, you know, it all depends on exactly how the weather patterns are playing out across the nation are going to depend on exactly what type of winter we're going to see. In fact, I was looking over the data to, you know, to give, you know, to give you guys a little bit of hope in regards to when, you know, we see our, first freeze in Shreveport and that's in November, November 15th. So, you know, you know, start thinking about, you know, the holidays and the cooler temperatures then, because, you know, that's one on averages when we average, we see our first freeze. We've had it freezes in Shreveport as early as the 20th of October. So, you know, it can happen that we get an early, you know, an early cold. Snap, so he's, but, he's saying Thanksgiving. Yeah. Before. <laughs> yeah. It's a long way. It's a long way to go when you're basically, when we have just basically, are just not, haven't even crested the top of the hill yet in regards to where we are in heat. Richard, and, uh, we, we, Richard let, me, let me ask you this, because we had a week or two ago, we had what was billed as an excessive heat warning, and maybe we didn't even get a temp to 100, but we got those heat indexes. What's the difference between what you guys call an excessive heat warning and a heat advisory. I know you can boil it down where the the general dummies like me can uh, can understand nope, it. Boil it down. Yeah. No oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a, a heat advisory is issued when uh, when the heat index values are going to be over 105 degrees. So between 105 and 109 is usually the threshold for a heat advisory. An excessive heat warning is usually issued when those heat advisories exceed 110 could go as high as 120 in some locations. And believe it or not, even today across the nation, you know, we have 20 states that are dealing with some form of heat advisory or excessive heat warning that runs from Texas to the Dakotas and all the way to the eastern seaboard. And even places like Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and New York are not going to escape the heat today. In fact, uh, there's excessive heat warnings up in Washington, D.C., heat index values 107 to 112, they have a chance to see some strong thunderstorms in there this afternoon and then again on Saturday. And then New York and Philadelphia, we're looking at their heat advisories. The criteria is a little bit less in the Northeast in regards to where they put their threshold for heat advisory. It has to be over 100. So Philadelphia and New York, the dangerous heat starts to come in there where temperatures above 100 degrees. There are a lot of, a lot of folks up north who have a lot of air conditioning, especially in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about these type of temperatures, the heat becomes a real issue, especially for those who don't have AC. And, it, you know, and the heat is going to be a major problem all the way into the Northeast, and that's going to linger into the weekend. It's not a myth, though, Richard, that the, the heat that we experience here in the South, because of our humidity, it's a different animal, right? It's definitely a different animal in regards to the heat that they experience out West, especially like if you're talking about, you know, West Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. The heat's yes. a lot drier you know, a lot drier heat, but even that could be, you know, can be kind of a false sense of security for some folks. You know, we we heard the story over the weekend where people out in Death Valley had to go out and experience that extreme 130 degree heat that they felt in Death Valley over the weekend. And two people lost their lives as a result 
of that because they didn't take the precautions to try to stay hydrated and they just got overheated and they, and they, uh, they succumbed to the heat. And that happens from time to time out there. Temperatures in Phoenix this year, it's been a long, it's been a long hot summer already out there in the Southwest where we've seen day after day after day of temperatures over 110 and in some instances above 120 degrees you know, for days on end, and you know, we're still haven't even got to the peak of the heat out there yet. So a long, still a long, hot summer to go out West, just like it's going to be a long, hot summer here as well. Well, we're going to look forward to Thanksgiving. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank we you. always look, we, we always look forward to the cooler temperatures and give those. Uh, Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Talking earlier about the snake in the toilet, our brush with nature. We had I had a little yesterday, uh, kind of cool. My wife called me about four o'clock and said, "There's an owl in the front yard, and it, I think it's hurt." Oh wow! And I said, "Well, <laughs> you know, we've been married forty years, so I can say things like, What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> we need you to come home, <laughs> fix it. What am I got to do with it? Oh God!" But, but I did. I came home. And uh, it was it was a hawk that was right next to our porch, and we've got like you know pretty almost tropical flower beds next to the house. Sure. And it was down next to the porch, and it was ju- and it would just look at Aaron. I could walk, I could touch it if I wasn't afraid of getting you know. Why wasn't it leaving? What was attracting I it? I don't know, but it was standing on a squirrel. Oh, yeah. So it had its squirrel down there, and it oh, didn't and want food. to leave its squirrel. But the squirrel was already dead. It wasn't okay. like it was even struggling anymore, thank well, goodness. It was chowing down. And, um, but I got some awesome pictures. But then I started looking, and I thought, this thing's huge. Mm-hmm. It was, I've seen hawks. I thought, and then, and then it hopped out into the front yard, and I got more pictures and even a little bit of video. So I sent it to uh, our friend, Rusty Scarborough mm-hmm. at Walter B. Jacobs because yeah. he's an expert on the raptors and those large birds, which I love, by the way. Right. Love mm-hmm. the raptors. And uh, he said it was a juvenile. I said, it's it's not running. It's not like flying off. Huh. I, I walked right up to it, and it's just standing there looking at me. Wow. But he said it was a juvenile red-tailed hawk. Man. But it was Big. I thought it might have been an eagle, like a brown eagle or something. Jeez, but it that's was pretty incredible. It was. I got some really good pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finally kind of flew up in the tree, so I pulled this, and he left the squirrel, so I kind of tossed it under the tree, so he'd come back and get it. Okay. But I said, "Why is it now flying off?" You know, because it was on the ground. He goes, "Well, he's just young and dumb." <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have a healthy fear of humans yet. How long was he there? Oh, it, well, it, I don't know how long he was there before she even called me. I Several know he was hours? There half an, at least half an hour or more. Wow. That's incredible. It was pretty cool. That is, I thought he was an owl, too. He looked, he looked like an owl from some of those pictures. Like straight, yeah, straight on, but it was a, it was a hawk. It was a hawk. A baby big. hawk. Now, when it do mama... baby. You said it was juvenile. Juvenile. Okay. When do mama hawks, you know... Tell their babies, okay, you're on your own. Get go on. Yeah, I don't go know. find your own food. We Get had out of some here. robins in a nest in our backyard that we could see from one of our windows, mm-hmm. and 
They were there kind of a long time. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I think the nest is empty now. That's really cool because you got great pictures of it. You should put some... that on your Facebook if you haven't already. And show us the pictures of see, that, that beautiful bird. See, that doesn't even cross my mind. People, yeah, people would like to see stuff. it. People would like to see a picture of him. Okay. Was it a boy or girl? Could you tell? He said it was a male. How did he know? A Jew, I don't know. He had little... I don't know. know. I, How do you tell if a bird's a male or a female? Are there <laughs> well, usually, cardinals? You can look. There's coloration right. difference. Usually, the males are prettier That's because it. they have to attract the female. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. You're lying. Y'all are no, lying to me lying. right no, now. No, look at no. the cardinal. Now, Robin. Are y'all saying know. the chicks are ugly? <laughs> They're not ugly. It's just the men are prettier. Y'all are lying to me. You know, I, I've not been I don't drinking. Think chicks are ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Boy birds are prettier than girl birds. Yeah, usually, yeah. Well, it's it's the the peacocks, the the ones with the big. Th- those are those are the male peacocks. Those aren't the girls. No, the girls are ugly. I mean, you know, compared to the men. <laughs> those are your words, not ours. By the way, y'all are lying to me. This can't be true. I'm going to go look it up now. I, I well, I, and again, I my first that was my thought too oh, this boy. is a male juvenile red-tailed <laughs> hawk or red-shouldered hawk i know rusty's gonna text me how do you tell me? it's a male i don't yeah, know yeah rusty if you're listening how did you know that was a yeah, male yeah how'd hawk? you know it was a boy i'm, I'm curious to know but he please did don't text up. me because they're prettier <laughs> it's not true can't be true no it's because they have less men have less redeeming qualities and have to attract the female somehow like when you put it like that yeah there you go sounds better women are smarter <laughs> women are prettier absolutely <laughs> very good keep going Is it, did, I get enough, did i get enough points ruben that, yeah maybe one maybe or two. <laughs> tomorrow's friday make it a good thursday 1017 fm 710 keel mike and